Hi, thanks for stopping by the Casper Alliance Church Teaching Podcast. We're grateful for uh, your listenership, and we don't take that lightly. This was uh, week five. Actually, we lost the audio of week four. So this is week five of our series, uh, Open the Door, where we're talking about opening the door to what God has for us. Uh, And this week, we talk about the wise men and opening the door to new experiences in Christ. Thanks for listening again. If you'd like to know more about Casper Alliance Church, you can check us out at casperchurch.com or you can go to facebook.com forward slash Casper Alliance Church. Also, if you want to download our app, you could go to the App Store, the Google Play Store, and just search for Casper Alliance Church and you'll see us right there and you can download the app and you can watch our, our Sunday morning experience there or you can uh, listen to our podcast there or you can listen to previous teachings. So check that out. Hey, thanks. Have a great day. I felt like when I gave permission for you to dance, I'd see a few of you dancing. Oren, I'm disappointed that you weren't dancing. Gary, I'm disappointed that you weren't dancing. Just figured it would happen. Larry, especially. I'm surprised surprised you even kept your clothes on. (laughs) That's a reference to some other time when Larry was threatening to take his clothes off. Okay, so I want you to write down a word. Uh, this is specifically for our church people, but if you're listening online or you're visiting with us, so you can write it down too and follow along with us. Attentive. Write down the word attentive in your, in your phone, on a piece of paper, somewhere. Write the word attentive. That's going to be 2021's word for Casper Alliance Church, to be attentive. We are going to be attentive to everything. But really, the idea is, is attentive to one another and attentive to what, what is God doing in our lives. Uh, we kind of just coast, and this is not a criticism. I'm, I'm saying this as people. We, we kind of just meander and, and take things as they come, and we adapt, and we flex, and we do the, and, and like whatever just happens to us, um, it, it just kind of it happens, and we become like the duck and let it roll off our back, and we just kind of keep going, and we actually are a little bit proud of that. But I'm going to ask us to be attentive, which is a little bit more forceful, which is a little bit more proactive, which is a little bit more aggressive, I think. And I, I want us to be aggressive in uh, the way in which we think about one another in the room, the way in which we think about our neighbor, the way in which we, uh, we focus in on what, like listening to the Lord. What does God have for us? I don't want us to just to wait. I, I think in, in church culture, and I, I'm really critical of the church and critical of pastors and critical of, of virtually everything. I know I'm a, I've talked about it. I'm like a half-empty person. I'm trying to change that. But like we, we just kind of like, we complain. And we, and we just wait for, like, the bad things to happen. And then we get to gripe about it. And it's like there's some sort of enjoyment that comes from that. And you've heard me talk about that. But I, I think if we were to be attentive, we then begin to, we, we get to dispense hope. We actually get to do the thing that we claim that we are, and that's people of hope. So for 2021, in this church, we are going to use the word attentive a lot. And I'm going to ask the question, are you being attentive? Are you paying attention? to what God's doing in your life? Are you paying attention to what God's doing in your family? Are you paying attention to the person that lives across the street from you? Are you paying attention? We don't know our neighbors very well. Uh, We've lived in this house for a year and a month or so, two months, I don't know, a month, a year and a month. And we don't know our neighbors at, I know one of their last names because of their Wi-Fi. (laughs) It's the Grayson. We know the Grayson's Wi-Fi is next door to us. 
They know what I do. They're retired. We, we have pleasantries. We wave and do these things. Um, I didn't tell her. She, she brought us muffins uh, this last week, uh, and the dogs licked them, so we couldn't finish them because I didn't want to have, I mean, some of you guys are into that. I'm not. <laughs> but she was, I noticed like two weeks ago that she had like a walker, and she was, and she was like hobbling to, and I'm sorry if you're listening, but <laughs> hobbling to her car and with a walker. And, and I, I never asked because, you know, they're our neighbors. You don't talk to your neighbors. That's creepy. And so you're like, we're not psychopaths. So we, but I, I noticed it. And then, so she brought the muffins, and then we were forced to have a conversation. And she told me her husband, Mr. Grayson, is, uh, is having hip surgery this week. And that she had hip surgery like three weeks ago. I had no idea. No clue. So now you have two people in the house who both have had hip surgery. And she was really excited. She's starting to feel better and stuff. I had no clue. I just saw that she was injured. I didn't ask. I didn't talk to her. I just noticed it. And we waved and we're like, hey, I hope you're enjoying hobbling across the ice. Like that's a kind of like, like you're not helping me. And she's like, I get groceries and like, you know. And like this is... The pastor neighbor just drives along and waves. I mean, that story can be replicated in all of our lives a little bit, right? Was I being attentive? Well, I mean, I was being a neighbor, like neighbors are in the 21st century, like neighbors are in America, like neighbors are here in Casper, like people are, like, like, in, like Wyoming people. This is what I'm learning again. Stay out of my lawn. Leave me alone. As long as I have my sons and cows, I'm fine. And if you break my internet, I'll call Larry in the middle of the night and make it work. But, that, but these are the things, like, this is, that's the culture. But still, the neighbor thing, I think, is pervasive across the entire nation, where we really don't know our neighbors. And I, again, it goes back to this idea of being attentive. Are you paying attention? God has things for us every day. He has something for us to experience. Again, the series that we're in, we're finishing it today, and it's the idea of opening the door, because God's there ready to, to give, ready to show, ready to reveal, ready to, to uh, invite you into his, his purposes and his plans, and, and all we're doing is, is we're stepping through the door and saying, yeah, okay, I'll embrace that, whatever that is. And that happens every single day. There's not a day where God is silent. It, it's just not true. And don't, we can't pretend that it is. Like, when we don't experience God, that says more about us than it says about God. And so I want us to purposely, intentionally begin to be attentive. So this morning we're going to be in Matthew, Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read the story of the, the uh, wise men this morning, and they were attentive people. I didn't plan that, by the way. I was talking about attentiveness a few weeks ago. But these were attentive men. Next week, um, we're going to have a one-off talk. The kids are going to sing during church. It'll be they're going to we were going to do it a couple weeks ago. They're going to come and we're going to just have them sing and do their carols and hopefully take some pictures and laugh and it'll be fun and we'll try to do some other Christmassy things. So we're like to do a Christmas reprise next week. Um, and so then and then the week after that it would would be. The 10th, January 10th, we're going to start a new series on the book of Titus. We're going to work through Titus for a few weeks. And the idea of Titus is 
What does it look like to live in a church or be in a church and have leaders in a church uh, in, a, in their current culture? I try to juxtapose leading and being a part of a church family and navigating the culture while we live in that church family. And that's what Titus was having to do. He had to figure out how to make leaders in a time where that was weird. He was trying to like uh, multiply himself so that the church would grow. And what does it look like to be a biblical leader? What does it look like to have elders that are real elders that eld appropriately? And so we're going to work through Titus for a few weeks, and then it'll be fun. Um, probably eight weeks in Titus. Just giving you a little play-by-play. All right. Let's read this text for this morning. Matthew chapter 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of the king Herod. About the time some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem, and went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Father, I pray that uh, whatever I say this morning is only from you, that uh, my silliness and my clown behavior does not distract from the truth of your scripture, and Lord, that this morning as we look into the word, as we talk about Jesus, as we talk about the wise men, that uh, you receive blessing and glory, and that as a church family we grow and learn just a mu- little bit more about you. We love you, Lord. Amen. What a fun story, the wise men. We even wrote a carol about it, and uh, the kids butchered it by making them smoke rubber cigars, and it's the three wise men are fantastic. You guys know that version of the three wise men? Where they... They smoke rubber cigars. Does anybody, anybody know that? They want to sing it? You guys don't know that? Aaron, you could sing it for us. It's a great tune. Look it up on YouTube. I'm sure it's out there. The kids have butchered it just like they, they just turn it into their own parody. But the wise men are these guys from the east who noticed a star and followed it. Did anybody try to see the star uh, a week ago or so? We, did you, anybody see it actually fit, like, have some vision of it? Nice, nice. We randomly drove all over the place searching for it, and we, we didn't see it, and I text people that I knew, and they're like, we didn't, we didn't see it, it was too cloudy, and like, we drove, like, we were like, and the kids were like, can we just go home? And we're like, no, we're going to go see the 
star because, you know, because that's what we're supposed to do. And so we're driving and we're out and like we just keep going and going and we ended up in Idaho. Just wondering if anybody's still paying attention. We actually really didn't get, even get to the Scott's house. We drove, <laughs> but we drove out there to where I was like, okay, we could see around the mountains and we could, like, okay, it's not there. We're not going to be able to see it. But it, you had to be out there at a, a specific time. And it's been talked about that this is the Bethlehem star. It's like it's where the astrological event happens and then like it creates a bright enough light so that you can see it and, moon, and the two planets collide and it's beautiful and stuff. Well, I think it's, we call it the Bethlehem star, but I think it's a little bit different than what's going on here. This feels way more directive and way more like uh, obvious and actually not so bizarre to where like you have a family of four driving around looking for it. Like this is very clear that this is the, the, the thing that these guys are supposed to be following. Now, the, one, the other thing is I, I wondered, I've always wondered, and I could have researched it, but like did everybody else see it also? Or was it specifically intended for these guys to see and see alone? Because if it was the two scenarios, everyone saw it, or it was specifically for this group of people, right? Both of them have an interesting spiritual, like, lessons there. One is if it was for everyone who ignored it. Who ignored this thing that was happening? And how often do we ignore this thing that's happening? If it's specifically intended for three guys, what's the lesson there? God's speaking directly to us. And when he has a message for you, you better pay attention. Because if you, if you miss the message, you miss the opportunity to experience God. There's lessons in all of this stuff. But let's look at the idea here is we're opening the door. And so it's the end of the year. And I've joked about this too. This is National Youth Pastor Sunday. We don't happen to have multi-staff here. But I, I assure you, when we do have multiple staff, I'm going to give this Sunday to that person. And say, hey, you get to preach. Because church attendance will be low. And people will be on their like Christmas high, and the pastor goes on vacation. That's, that happens. I preach this Sunday my entire career because that's what happens. The, the senior pastor gives it to the understaff, and the understaff has to go deal with it. So as I was watching churches this morning, like I do with my hobby, I watch Alliance churches, and I try to encourage them out there. Man, all kinds of associates I've never seen in my life were preaching this morning. And they were excited, and they were stumbling over their words, and it was beautiful because it's a great learning tool. It's a great lesson. It's one of those things that they need to do, and there's all these youth pastors out there talking, and it's the first time they've ever stood in front of a big church, and they stand up and they go, wait a second, you guys are not even that fun to talk to. I'd rather talk to 15-year-olds. That's, that's usually the, the framework, but, but it is, it's, the, it's the morning where like this is the morning. It's Youth Pastor Sunday. Why did I say that? Well, here's the deal. You can learn, you can learn from every biblical teaching, I really believe, and it has to do with, are you ready to receive what God has for you? Are you ready to hear from the Lord? Are you ready to open the door to the opportunity that God's going to lay before you? It doesn't have to be doctor whatever, it doesn't have to be the guy with the church that's 10,000 people, it doesn't have to be the guy that's on the radio, it doesn't have to be the guy that has 700,000 subscribers on YouTube. It's the guy that's willing to present the good news of Jesus Christ before you and you being ready to receive what he has for you because he's God's using him. And once we catch that as a people, we will grow and grow and grow so much. 
So that's what's been good for me as I watch all these pastors across the nation talk. I, I glean so much from, from the way that they're, and I feel like I know some of them, like the guy in Butler, Butler, Pennsylvania. I, like, I, like when he preaches, I'm like, man, he, he's been doing this for 40 years. I don't know who he is, but I learned so much from like five minutes of watching him. He just has a way, and he speaks to my heart. He doesn't know who I am, but I've gleaned something from him because I'm ready to hear from him. I think that the wise men were ready to experience good things from God. They wanted, they were, they were hungry for something. And God revealed himself to them through the star. So here's the deal. I think we can get three keys to opening the door to, to new opportunities, new experiences, new things from God. Three keys I have for you this morning. It's going to be fast. First of all, the, the wise men, they were eager to worship. Many times in this particular story, they talk about going to worship the Messiah. Going to worship the Messiah. They received the Messiah with joy. They were eager to worship. That's a positional, an attitude type of thing. Are you hungry and eager to worship the Lord? Are you ready to arrive with God's people and say, I'm ready and I'm hungry to worship you? In fact, can you do that without being around music or your church family to where you can wake up in the morning and say, I'm eager to worship you? Now here's the thing, that's hard for us. We have to find ways to worship. Not all of us are wired the same. Not all of us like piano or like music. or like We have to find ways to worship. How do you worship? Now some people will talk about, I worship in nature. I can experience God in nature. Well, you know, maybe, but what does that really mean when you say that? When you worship God, it's about remembering. Again, I said this a few weeks ago, it's about remembering the sacrifice. It's about acknowledging the sacrifice. It's about knowing that Jesus came and went to the cross for you so that you could have life and life abundantly and life eternally. That's what, that compels people to worship. So when they were going to see the Messiah, there was this acknowledgement that the Messiah was the, the person coming to restore order, to restore the kingdom, to restore life to the people. It was the promised one that's been promised since Genesis chapter 3 that's going to arrive and make all things that were broken fixed again. So the attitude coming into that is I need to worship this Messiah because this Messiah is going to fix it all. It's position. It's not, there's no tactics there. There's no method there. It's just the position before the Lord. Usually when we think of worship, we start thinking about songs that we like or ways in which we've experienced what we think is worship. But again, it's being reminded or remembering the work of Christ on the cross. Knowing the Messiah compels us to worship. Worship starts in the heart and then gets expressed. If it doesn't start in the heart, it's not ever worship. I'm going to repeat that. If it doesn't start in the heart, in the soul, it never is worship. So when you come and stand and sing songs here, you're just singing, you're not worshiping. If it doesn't get birthed out of this thing inside of you, that you love Jesus, that you love the Messiah, that you want to know him more, any song you sing is just words. You might as well be singing Beyonce, all the single ladies. You might as give me another one that's really awesome. Might as well, that's the only one that just says, maybe I'm thinking about Beyonce this morning. I don't even know why Beyonce came to my mind. 
See, I can dance, Larry. <laughs> True. It's a Sunday morning job is what I have. Sunday morning only is when I work. Are you facing every day eager to worship the Lord? Again, it's birth from the soul, from the heart. And then our activity, which we call worship, that's where like we're just expressing the worship that already is inside of us. So if there's people, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on this. People are like, I just don't like music. Remember, music isn't worship. It's an expression of something that's already inside of you when you love Messiah, when you want to be connected or have a relationship with him. Music is, prayer can be worship. Silence can be worship. Serving food to your, bringing muffins to our house can be worship. If it's birthed out of a relationship and a desire to know and be in the presence of the Messiah. But are you eager to do that? The, the, the wise men were eager to worship. They stated their purpose. We've come to worship him. They brought gifts when they arrived, once they saw him. We need to open the door and be ready for God to reveal himself to us, but have that desire, that hunger to worship him. All right, number two. Number two. Keep your eye on the star. Now, you could drive aimlessly like the Faisal household, thinking that it's somewhere out west, south area. Well, that's one way to follow the Lord. Aimlessly just meander. Are you keeping your eye on the star? Are you keeping your eye on Christ? Turn to Galatians chapter 2. I'm going to read a famous passage to you. Then we're going to go to another famous passage that I really like, that you've heard. Galatians 2, verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Again, you no longer live, but Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. Keep your eye on Jesus. If, it had to do, if, if following the Lord had to do with all the good things that you do, or all the, the wonderful behaviors that you have, there was no need for Jesus to die on the cross. If, it, if your salvation was dependent on your activity, Jesus was useless. Christ had to die so that all your activity could be crucified and that you could live new and again with him. Now, Hebrews, again, great famous passage. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set for us, 
We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside beside God's throne. Keep your eye on Jesus. Are you paying attention to the star? The star led the wise men directly to the location where the Messiah was, to where the boy was. They followed it all the way, and it was right there above, according to the scriptures, to where they could enter into the place and see and witness and worship the Messiah. It has to, you have to keep your eye on the prize. The moment we took away, turn away, the moment we look away, the things get crazy. One time, one of the elders and I, his name's Aaron, we were driving up to Billings for a training. And, and Aaron, Aaron, stand up for a second since you're here in the room. I just want everybody to pay attention to the guy who almost killed me. Okay, now Aaron, you can sit back down. We're having a great conversation. I'm not even sure what we were talking about. We're having a great conversation. You, you remember this, right? Because I wet myself in your car. We're, <laughs> we're, we're just driving, and, and once you get up like, once you get up towards uh, Buffalo, the, the, it's not just straight anymore. Roads start to turn a little bit, right? You can sleep from here to Buffalo. And as long as things don't get too wonky, you'll be fine. Maybe a wind gust will startle you awake. Anyway, we're having this great conversation. Aaron looks at me, and I'm not, ta- I'm not joking. He look, he's driving, he looks at me, and we're, we like face-to-face have a conversation for like two and a half seconds. And he almost drives off a bridge. I mean, it was close. He was like, like literally two seconds off the road. And we, we could have plummeted off like eight feet. I don't know. It was, it was a bridge, though. But it, would have, it, it was like, I like, you remember what I, I was like, ah! And you're like, what? We're fine? Like, this is an everyday occurrence. I'm like, man, now I understand what my wife feels like when I'm driving her around. And it, but like it was like two seconds. It wasn't any time at all. And I was freaked out like I thought we were going to die. When you take your eye off the prize for just two seconds, things go haywire. Now, is that to make us feel guilt and shame and like frustration that we can never... No, it's just we have to keep our eye on the prize. Keep your eye on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the perfecter of your faith. You don't perfect your faith. He perfects your faith. It's His work in you. It's His, His power, His authority, His life in your surrender that perfects that. So as we keep our eyes on Christ, as we look towards, in using the wise men's story, as we see the star leading us to Jesus, we have to continually focus on Him or we will, we will deviate so quickly. It's not hard for us to just drive right off the road. And I know that's how it is. We've, I've talked about it from the front before. We don't all wake up in the morning and go, you know, I've I got, got a list of about nine things I'm going to do today that are completely inappropriate and sinful. Maybe I'll add a tenth. We don't wake up every morning doing that. We just all of a sudden end up there. And it's because we take our eye off the prize. We take our eye off Christ. We take our eye off the star. We take our eye off the thing that drives us towards the Messiah. So how were the wise men able to experience new opportunities? Open the door to the new opportunity of experiencing Christ. They kept their eye on the star the whole way. The whole way. They did not deviate from the plan. 
It just kept following the star. Take me to Jesus. Take me to Jesus. Wherever this Jesus is, the Messiah, I'm going to get there and I'm going to worship him. So face each day ready to worship, eager to worship, hungry to worship. Keep your eye on Christ. Focus on Jesus. Lastly, third key. I haven't done three steps in a long time. It's just me talking to you. Just stop it. This is like old people preaching. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is how we were all trained. We were all trained to give three points and a conclusion. And it makes me like sad because it's like not a conversation. It's me telling you what you need to know. And it's hard for me. So I'm confessing. I don't like it. But I'll do it because I know it's important. But it is old people preaching. I'm doubling down. But I'm an old person now, so I guess that's okay. I, I don't even, I'm not even going to apologize for that. Old people in the room, you know I love you. And Adrienne. Because she's younger than everybody but me. Because how old am I? Thank you. <laughs> All right. Last, last key. Last key. Are you listening for his voice? I think one of the greatest things that for Satan that's happened this year, it's made the world noisy. It is a noisy, noisy, noisy world. There are there are input everywhere. And you can I mean I will confess something in our household. If we're not locked into a show that we're watching, we could spend 30 to 40 minutes scrolling, looking for a show to watch. Anybody else have that experience? There is so much to consume. There's so much noise. There's so much, like, just, it's just verbal diarrhea. You knew I was going to say it, didn't you? That we can't listen anymore. We don't hear. I think that's one of the things that happened this year that is such a tool of the evil one to make us just be part of that noise. I don't want us to be noise-filled followers to where we are turned with whatever sort of like noise is happening. Like we have, I've talked about Hazel, 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 our poodle. If we had five to squeaky toys in the house, we, we, this has happened before. We haven't done it with five, but we've done it with multiple. We could all stand in different spots and squeak it. And she just, she'll run to wherever the noise is. Or she'll run from a noise if she doesn't like the noise. Like there's a noise that she doesn't like. If you go like this to her, she runs from you. So like there has been times in our kitchen where the four of us are going, and she's like tearing around the place. Same principle. The noise either repels us or we're drawn to it, but it's noise. It's not Jesus. Now listen to, this, listen to the last part of the story. Verse 12 of Matthew chapter 2. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So, 
I'm going to use my, my inference or my, my emphasis here. First of all, whenever you've experienced something pretty amazing in your lifetime, did you tell somebody about it? I would say yes. If you've experienced something pretty incredible, you've told someone about it. This, this deviation of the root for the wise men took them another path than what they originally planned. Do you not think that they sprinkled their whole way home another route that the Messiah has come, that the Messiah has come, we've met the Messiah? Getting the words of Christ is alive, is here, he has come, the prophecy is real. All to another group of people. So God not only protected them by giving them a picture of where you should not go back to Herod because he's going to kill you. He gave them another route to go. But the human nature inside of, I think, these wise men, this is my emphasis again, sprinkled the story of Messiah all along the way. They became missionaries because the Messiah is here. The Messiah, we follow the star. We arrived in Bethlehem, and there he was, the Messiah, the one that's been talked about. The prophets of old talked about this. This little boy that was going to be born in this town that, that was kind of meaningless, but still had significance. And he's here. They had to be listening. They had to be hearing. They had to be attentive to what God was going to share with them. Are you listening to his voice? Are you hearing from God? I, I really believe God is speaking constantly. And I want somebody else to start clapping. In a different rhythm. All of you start clapping. Louder. Now eventually, you can't hear what, if you keep clapping, you can't hear the voice of the Lord. Now if I go like this, you get the point? There's noise all the time. God's voice is steady. You're not special when he speaks to you. Because he speaks to everyone. And he's always speaking. And he hasn't stopped speaking. All we're doing is creating more noise. So we don't hear it. And that's one of Satan's biggest tools, again, is to create all kinds of noise to where we don't get to hear the very words of the Lord. Or we're so distracted by it. So distracted by it that we can't even react to it. Or... We're not prepared to worship him. Or we're not even looking at him. You see the flow here? If you're not eager and hungry to worship the Lord, if you're not fixing your eyes on Jesus, the star, you will never hear him. Ever. There's a flow to experiencing the good things of the Lord. Eager to worship. Fixating on Jesus. And he will speak, I promise, he's speaking constantly. He hasn't stopped talking. So for us to say that he has is not true. So that's how you can experience God's opportunities for you in 2021. Worship, fixating on him, listen, 
listen. Let's cancel out the noise. So I give you, I give you one thing you need to do this week, right? This is the week where we're all kind of like, I mean, it feels a little different this year. I understand this is like this week is like a holiday week. It's like that week in between Christmas and New Year's, and nobody's like we're all just kind of down a little bit. We don't have to do as much. Everybody's kind of. It's a little bit slower for most people. I know that work still happens, but it's like a, we kind of are all a little bit up. And, and typically, typically this is where we all go travel to somebody else's home and have Christmas with the extended family and do those sort of things, and it's going to be a little bit different this year. But I'm going to ask you to do something this year. I'm going to ask you to turn something off for one part of your day. Just turn it off. Whether it's the news, maybe the news is so distracting to you that maybe it's time just... Let's say, let's say Tuesday morning from 8 to noon, you are not going to take any sort of news intake. Maybe Facebook and scrolling Facebook is one of those things that's just so distracting. Maybe from noon to, to like 8 one day, you're just going to say, nope, no internet, no screen, no, just take a, take a hiatus for this period of time. And I'm not telling you to do anything else. I'm just telling you to remove the noise. Remove some of the noise this week. Find a time to remove it. Maybe you, the noise is work. Maybe you say, I just have to, I'm going to take this morning, and I don't know how I'm going to pull it off, but I'm going to take this morning, or maybe I'm going to wait till next week. I'm going to take eight to noon off. I'm going to take a half a day of vacation, and I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to hang out with anybody. I'm just going to be quiet because I'm going to remove the noise. I think when in that, God will begin to cultivate in your heart and desire to worship a vision for him in this quiet that we're looking for. Because God is speaking. God is not quiet. He's actually extremely loud. We're extremely deaf. He is so loud. The mission, the call is there for us. And we need to act upon it.